0: everybody welcome to the twin bill baseball podcast i'm what a day joe joined by the player and of course special guest dan the smartest man in the room he's always the smartest man in the room and uh we are talking today about the greatest teams of all time probably a very opinionated segment coming up i can probably tell you that much but uh Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving uh, weekend. It's, it feels like it was like the longest weekend for some reason. Yes, I don't know why. absolutely. I don't know if it's the moon and the stars or whatever, but I feel like I've been off for like six days. But it's it's been crazy. <laughs> I've been right? on
1: a yeah, I've been on a food bender,
0: but I'm kind of off. Yeah, it, you know? food coma. Yeah, that's yeah. always a good thing, right? Dan, did you have turkey? Actually,
2: no. I made oh. prime rib this year. Oh, prime, wow.
0: nice, nice fresh cut prime
2: rib. Oh yes, yeah, carved it myself. Nice. Medium rare, yeah. If you're slow roasting prime rib, it's got to be medium rare. Oh you, my see, god. you see any brown in a prime rib, you did it wrong. Did so you, if, I um, to,
1: if I went to a good restaurant and I ordered well done prime rib, would it? Would I get like the uh, the chef in Caddyshack with the you know, coming out with the hatchet? <laughs> you guys
0: will hate me because I love my meat well done.
1: Oh, god, no, <laughs> I like mine burnt, Joe. The, when
0: I when I when, when I, I get. When I get the like the when I get the prime rib, I ask for the end cut because I know it's probably cooked. Yeah. See,
2: now the end cut of a prime rib is a little different. You get like a, a sirloin or a strip steak and ask right. for it well done. Yeah, yeah, at that point you're yeah, as as Hank Hill said, ask them politely and firmly to leave. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've had chefs come out and tell me you do not want to cook this piece of meat well done, whether it's filet or whatever, There's 50-day aged lamb or something like that. But nonetheless, uh all right. Thanksgiving behind us now. Christmas looking ahead. But today we're talking the greatest teams of all time. Benny, again, you sent an email out and, you know, I got pages and pages of numbers. I'm, I'm and am the stats hardest podcasting.
1: What can I say? I can't
0: wait for you to do my taxes this year. That, <laughs> that's one thing uh, I'm looking forward to. But nonetheless, I'm going to let I'm going to let uh, the player kick this thing off here. Um, let's go for it. Jump right in. What do you want to do?
1: Well, maybe we go around and and do our top two or three teams. And then maybe we go back and forth and defend our case. So um, I I guess I'm going to be first, I'm going to do the number three team as the 1970 Baltimore Orioles. I'm going to do the second team as, and Dan and I think we're going to debate this one, the second team as the 1939 Yankees. And the number one team is murderers row, the 1927 Yankees. Yeah, 27 Yankees. That yeah, that was that was huge.
0: Dan, what do you got? Top three. You know, Top Benny, two? Benny
2: <laughs> hit it right on the head because he and I, when he pitched the idea of the show to me and we started talking, I remember we were debating over the Yankees, because obviously I have uh I have the 1970 Orioles as my number two. Okay. Uh my number three was the 1975 Reds. Oh yeah. And this is where Benny and I disagreed because he was pitching uh 67 or excuse me 27 and I picked number one as the 39 Yankees.
1: Wow. So you left it, you left the 27 Yankees out of the top three altogether.
2: Well I I didn't I figured we were all picking different ones. That's why
1: oh all right all right all right you know, okay
2: they, they would they would definitely bump to 75 Reds if I if we were allowed okay. to pick different but when I said when I said uh, 39 and you were like, oh, it's 20. Was it 60? You said 98, 60.
1: I yeah, I said six, 61, 98 yeah. and 27. That's but right. I, you actually I have to thank you because I, you know, the 39 Yankees I thought were a great team. But when I actually, you know, then I drilled down and, and I did some analysis. Yeah. I mean, they're they're top of the heap or, you know, like at least one or two. The I 39 guess could,
0: Yankees, you saw them play, right?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was in high school. I'm
0: like <laughs> There you go. Um, I, I kept mine simple. I just narrowed it down to the two. I, I mean, I love the twenty seven Yankees Murders row and all that stuff. A lot of history with that and so forth. But coming from the Northeast and all that, I had to kick mine off with the eighty six Red Sox. I mean I was right there with the rest of Red Sox Nation about to pour that glorious glass of champagne one strike away and the wheels come falling off. So that, you know, at 16 years old, I got my first real taste of heartache. Um, And then, of course, the 2004 Red Sox, they finally ended that 86 year drought. Uh, The curse of the Bambino was lifted finally, you know, and um, I don't know if I think I mentioned this before on on the previous podcast, but. You know the curse of the Bambino uh, kind of originated with a couple of retired uh, Red Sox numbers at Fenway Park. I, I do believe it was um, Ted Williams number nine, Bobby Doerr number four, Pesky. I think it was one and eight was Yastrzemski, and they put those numbers up at Fenway nine four one eight September fourth nineteen eighteen was the last time the Red Sox won the World Series. So what happened wow. is. The year before, they started they started retiring other people's numbers. They started, I think, Elton Fisk went up there with twenty. So they they kind of unscrambled the numbers a little bit, and then miraculously, in two thousand four, yeah, it, it happened. You know, they finally ended that drought. Um, they, they, were, um, they were a bunch of idiots. That is for sure. They were a bunch. You know, they they had that Moneyball mentality where they went out and got a bunch of you know, close to has-beens or no-names, um, the likes of Damon, you know, I mean, guys that we didn't even know uh, at the time before they before they got big. Kevin Millar, nobody, I didn't even know who Kevin Millar was. Um,
2: you, you knew Damon if you were an A's fan.
0: An Ace fan, right, exactly. And that's funny, it, it, and during those time frames, because the year before in 03, Wakefield gave up the home run to Aaron Boone, and that ruined our chances there. But to get to these pennant, we always played the A's. It was like three years in a row, the Red Sox and the A's went at it. And it was either somebody was on the team before or vice versa. And it was it was very weird um, psychosis there. That's the word I'm looking for. But uh, very strange dynamic with that. But, you know, my thing with the 2004 Red Sox, I don't know if you ever seen the specials on, but it all started with Kevin Millar getting on base and then the pinch hit by the pinch run for Dave Roberts, he comes on and it starts with a wink of an eye. He, there was no signs or anything for him to steal first, uh, steal second base in the ninth inning with two outs. They were literally one out away from the, you know, ending this. And he looked at Terry Francona and just winked at him. And Terry just said, go for it. And um, no signs were given. That's, you know, and he just barely beat the tag, you know? And then of course, Bill Miller singled up the middle and, the rest is history, you know. And then the right. the biggest comeback in in baseball, or you know, it's funny when you Google this stuff. It they talk about the Yankees' biggest choke, but then no one talks about the the greatest comeback. You know, three, you know, the next yeah. three the next three games went into like two in the morning extra innings.
2: Right. They and, did, and, and I mean that because that was the first time because it was they were down. I mean that was the first time anybody had ever come back down yeah. three one, and uh, you know one, not just the the a series period of right. the ALCS. I mean, yeah, it um, was
0: crazy. I mean, you got, you had, um, what's his name? Mariano Rivera was lights out every time yeah. we played him. And for some reason, you know, and I do believe, um, the moon had something to do with it too. Cause they won the, they ended up winning the world series, obviously over St. Louis, but it right. was under a full moon type thing. There's a lot of crazy thing. The bloody sock, you know, the whole kit and caboodle, you, you throw all this stuff in there and, you know, that's like that magic thing that happened. You know, th- th- there were no great power hitters on the Red Sox in 86. I mean, I'm sorry, in 2004. It, it just wasn't that. We had Manny Ramirez. I, I don't think he hit more than 40-something home runs. And he was our power hitter, but he also struck out a lot. It was all right. or nothing with Manny Ramirez, you know. And plus, he had his antics, you know, going to the bathroom yeah. inside the green monster in between innings right. and things like that. You know, hence the, the uh, idiot what, nickname. <laughs> what they call it,
2: Man- Manny being Manny, wasn't yeah, that? Yeah, no? Manny
0: being Manny, exactly. So we had a lot of um, – the, the sports writers had a field day with this. But, you know, the magic in, in 04 was just unbelievable. Um, to, to live during that time, you know, there was a sign on one of the expressways. It was um, – for some reason, it's been there for years. It's on Stero Drive right outside Fenway Park. It says reverse um, – Curve coming up when you're getting off the highway, and somebody that the night they won it spray painted "Reverse the Curse" <laughs> on the sign, that, and that they, been, yeah. they left it there for weeks because that's how incredible the uh, right. World Series was. So, you know, so the argument could be made greatest team ever. Uh, I it, it's going to be right up there. It's I, I think uh I'm at one the, second. The, let, me, let me get the pup. the play it seems to well, it's agrees. obvious
2: Benny's uh Benny's canine cohort is not a Red Sox fan
0: so I, I guess so I guess so but uh yeah so I mean to it's- me two thousand and four was a magical year greatest comeback I don't know if you'll ever see that again I no mean,
2: probably probably not. Um, nope. I mean, there's a couple of numbers know. we're going to talk about Everybody tonight knows. that we'll never see again. Yeah. Um, but that's like I said when Benny and I were bouncing back and forth because he, he said, you know, obviously 98, the 98 Yankees always get a lot of a lot of praise, and then 66 and 27, and I guess 39 right. just kind of slipped through the cracks. Yeah. But you know, so, I mean,
1: yeah. Go ahead, I'm Benny. I'm curious. You know, Dan, you so you have the 39 first, and I have the 27. I, I it was really really close. Actually, I had the 39 uh first until I uh I, I actually looked at a couple of more metrics and then I changed it. Great stop 39.
0: Try to pull it up here.
1: <laughs> yeah, 30
2: uh 39 was. I mean, that was obviously, you know, Bill Dickey, Joe DiMaggio, Joe yeah. Gordon. Um, but I think it's important to note for 39. And this is kind of what we were going back and forth on to this, to this day. I mean, you're coming up on a hundred years now. It won't be too long. Yeah. That was a hundred years ago. Wow. And they still have the greatest run differential or uh, excuse me. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The, yeah. The, the, what is it? The run differential. I was right. The, the, of any team, they, they outscored their opponents. They were plus 411 for the, for that. Yeah. Series. I mean, that's, that's,
1: it- <laughs> That's close. It's like over two and a half runs a game. That's unbelievable. Exactly.
2: And if you look at metrics, and this is where we were going to get into the, I've got a nice little bit for, for actual like analytics math, Benny and I both being big numbers guys. um, They, it's not just that, that they were winning by almost three runs a game. It's that you look at who they were playing. They were batting against some of the greatest pitchers of their generation. They were, throwing to some of the greatest batters around i mean uh roughing and obviously uh lefty gomez was on that team yeah all uh, hall
0: of famers yep
2: yeah five there five five hall of famers numerous all-stars uh it's just it, it's hard to argue yes obviously 27 you know babe and and all that but when you look at what they did in 39 it's and, and this is i mean as an orioles fan praising the yankees like right you know it's just it, they hit records it's like dimaggio's hitting streak there's things that you'll just never see nobody is ever going to get 412 411 will stand forever
0: what uh real quickly joe dimaggio what year was he in when he went in 39 do we know
2: what do you what do you mean? What year?
0: What what? Yeah, was he a rookie? Was he how many years into the league was he? Because thirty nine um, seems. I mean, I don't know.
2: That he, was. I I want to say thirty five was his rookie season. So
0: so crazy. he's only four years in.
1: Imagine I was thirty six was his rookie season. So there you was go. A, his oh, fourth so, year. Okay, right. I think so Garrick had twenty eight at bats that year. In right. Thirty nine.
0: That's incredible. I mean the but, I mean here. you figure
2: 30, what 30 he was pretty much until until his uh uh not injury, what was it that shortened his 43 um the 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 war, but after 43 right when when you know because he had the gap, but pretty much he was an all-star every year he played.
0: Sure. So yeah,
2: yeah he, he only had uh, you know 36 was a shorter season, but he was still everybody knew that going in.
0: Yeah, some of these guys. I mean, Red Ruffing. I mean, look at that. Look at those numbers. I mean, twenty-one and seven on the year. I mean, twenty-game winners yeah. back then. I mean, yeah. That's and her red panic red it, the two. Yeah, the two top
2: 30, stars are Hall of Famers. 30, 30, 39, I mean, DiMaggio was MVP in thirty-nine. Yeah. So, I mean, that was hit three eighty-one. Yeah. Yep. 125
0: ribbies. Run. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll so, tell you because yeah, Dan is right that they the highest run differential four eleven. Uh, the best ERA it was three point three one. Uh, So they scored 967 runs. The Red Sox were the second at 890, but you know, runs allowed only 556. Wow. And the second place was Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians 700. So it wasn't even close. I mean, yeah. now, and their ER team ERA was 3.31. Second place was Cleveland at 4.08 and they led the league in home runs with 162. Wow. And, um, the, I guess the second place was Boston in 164. The reason why I chose the 27 and up until like an hour before the show, yeah, I had the 39 Yankees number one, but then I looked at one more stat and, um, what it was. And then you know, the same thing with the 27 Yankees, of course, murderers row. You got, um, uh, you got Lou Gehrig was the MVP that year, Hall of Fame, Tony Lazari, Hall of Fame, Babe Ruth, Earl Combs, and then the first two starters, Wade Hoyt and Herb panic. So you had six Hall of Famers, um, and their run differential wasn't quite as much, 371. Right. Um, close, though, I mean, you know, to the 39 Yankees. Uh, their, their team ERA was 3.20. Second was the White Sox, 3.91. But um, the, what the, 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 the stat that nudged me to push them number one was they had 158 home runs. Yeah. And the second-place team was the Philadelphia Athletics, With 56. Wow. So they out homered like every, every, any two teams combined. So that, that was the, you know, that kind of notes me between, I mean, it's so close.
0: I mean, what pops out of me is Babe Ruth, 60 home runs, 164 RBIs. I mean, that's insane. Babe Babe Ruth had
2: more, had more home runs that year than the entire second closest team
0: i i believe it with numbers like that yeah it, it, but can it, you
1: imagine like babe hit 100 knocked in 164 runs that's and crazy. that wasn't even the highest on the team and you have a guy like bob Muzel, who was a great hitter hit yeah. 337 which you know could win a batting title almost any year and he was yeah. in fourth place on his own team that's wow. how good they were
0: well look at garrick with 173 rbis that's yeah, insane. It's insane i yeah. mean you look at and I mean, not
1: which
2: I think I, I mentioned it a couple shows ago. His his RBI total is even more impressive when you figure 60 of his at-bats were right. with empty bases because wow, he right. batted after Babe Ruth.
0: That's amazing. That's that's incredible. I mean, and then I'm looking at the pitching. Hoyt with 22 wins. Penick with 19. Sharker with 18. I mean, those are serious wins for a pitcher. And their
1: they're quote-unquote closer, we'll see more in yeah. Yeah. had 19 wins.
0: That's insane. That yeah, so yeah you had a 20,
1: 22, and two nineteens and an eighteen. I mean, the the, the best, uh, the, the only team team I I can think of with a better pitching staff. The so team, we'll see more.
0: You got we'll see more. He was the closer. He had twelve saves on the season or during the series.
1: No, for the season. To keep so, in bro- mind, you know, back then a save really wasn't a thing because. Yeah, these guys are throwing complete games. It's not well, like, that, you know, well, there's I mean, no such thing as a pitch count.
0: Right. That that'd be my question for the for these guys. The 27 Yankees, like they obviously you had pitchers throw complete games, but if somebody came in for a save, what was you know, what is it now, like anything more than four and a half runs or something like that? It's not considered a save or something like that. So these guys coming in looking at these RBIs and these run differentials, they must have been up like 10 to two well, every game. And you know, there's no save really there,
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I something that I wanted to note with the third with thirty the thirty nine Yankees, yeah. their biggest loss of the year was they they the, the Phillies they lost, or excuse me to the Philadelphia, they lost seven to one. Yeah. Their yeah. biggest win differential was against Detroit, and they won twenty two to twenty two to two. And they oh, had wow. a dozen games at least where they were wow. winning by at least 12 to 15 runs. So you figure you get four uh, four eleven, yeah. like Benny said, that's almost three, three runs a game. And that's, that's in a season you lost. They were, they were, they lost 45 times and yeah. tied once. So they wow. were four eleven with 46 games that they didn't end up with a higher run total.
0: That is absolutely insane. I mean, I'm just like, like, I wonder if they, if they've ever blown any leads. <laughs> They're up fifteen, Not nothing, and they no. just barely win.
2: <laughs> and you know, I have to say, it's it's also kind of a 39 gets a soft spot because that was Garrig's last year. Granted, yeah. he only played in in eight games that season, right? Uh, batted hit four hits and one RBI, but still, oh. like, you know, that that moment of him of his last at bat at a Yankee was in 39. So that's got that that gets a bonus point there.
0: Unbelievable! Some of these. So the, the ninety
1: eight team that was I think what one fourteen and forty eight doesn't even make my top. I mean, I put them behind probably the big red machine.
0: Okay. Sure.
1: Yeah, I had them. I had them behind the seventy five reds.
0: I mean, seventy five reds. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one.
1: Well, that's a great, which is a phenomenal team.
0: Now seventy five is that when Fisk hit the home run? Was that seventy five? Yeah. Yeah. With 75, right? Against Morgan and Joe Morgan and all those guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That was game six, and we lost in game seven or something like that. Yep. Or, yeah. Just, yep. Okay.
2: You figure they had, was it uh, Morgan, Bench, Perez, yep. Ken Griffey Sr., of course, Pete Rose?
0: Yep. Yeah. They had a lot of Hall of Famers, or yeah. uh, obviously not Pete Rose, but well, a um, lot
2: of Hall of Famers and one travesty of his baseball history.
0: Yeah. I'm, it's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. So let's talk a little bit more here. I'm going through our this tax bracket again.
2: Um, well, if if I may,
0: go um, ahead, jump in, jump in. I,
2: I wanted to get actual numbers, and Benny, we, we, whenever he and I are talking, we're always talking numbers. And you've seen some of the write ups Benny sends out, like you know, clearly oh, yeah. numbers, numbers. There's a metric that that is used a lot. I don't know if you're familiar um, with with the elo uh, the elo numbers, elo. Never, it's it's, very, heard, it's analytics it, what they yeah. do is they it's it's a ridiculous looks like something you'd see on a chalkboard in the back of a calculus class this this algorithm and it breaks down every possible metric to a number uh wow. win loss home away who's playing it creates a score so like right. for example but the, the the cool thing about it is it it, it always it's always a zero balance so sure. like if the Yankees beat the Red Sox and and it, it, the uh, ELO score calculates that as 10, then the Yankees are now plus 10, the Red Sox are minus 10. So right. the entire season, and that allows the, the equation to transfer over exactly. to the following year when there's, you know, th- to calculate players and all that. Um, that's I, I've used it. I've quoted it before because it's. They've broken it down with with stats at the 50th anniversary of the Super Bowl, or excuse sure. me, Super Bowl 50, not the 50th anniversary. Super Bowl <laughs> 50, CBS Sports in USA Today did a big write up on the breakdown and calculated that the 91 Redskins were the best team to ever win a Super Bowl because of who they played, strength of schedule, all this shit. Wow. Well, yeah. The the point I wanted to make with that is they did a breakdown. Uh, a couple years ago, this was in 2018 of Tottenham. Now, granted, uh, I'm not saying, you know, if you want to say anybody from 2019 on, but mathematically, they broke down uh, the best teams in history. And what they ended up doing was they assigned. Uh, the best team from each team, like, you know, the best Yankees team, the best Red Sox team. And then they did a score and the best team mathematically that they calculated was the 39 Yankees. Okay. Had an ELO score of 1623 and they were the first of all time. Um, The second, according to the ELO math was the 1906 Cubs, which, you know, that was, uh, you know, all the records that they broke. And then number three, Benny. That's where you you come back in. Was your your thirty? Or excuse me, <clears throat> the the twenty seven Yankees, right? And then it goes to the nineteen oh nine Pirates were four, and it, and it breaks down down from there. What's interesting is every if you you go you Google best teams of all time, the, right. the seventy five Reds, the seventy Orioles, they all show up top three, top five, pretty much every list.
0: And that's, based, the, and that's based on that Elo metric, cor-
2: correct? When you do the Elo score, the 1970 Orioles are mathematically the 19th highest score that they wow. the calculated. Oh. The uh, the 19, <laughs> wait, let me let me make sure I get these numbers right. <laughs> the uh, where is it? The the 1975 Reds actually weren't the highest scoring Reds team. That was 1976. Oh wow! And the 1976 Reds were only the 23rd best team. So it was really, you you, you get the emotion out of it. It really is kind of interesting to break it down for you. Um, Where
0: where were those metrics back then?
2: (laughs) I I think it's funny. You know, all the talk we had about, we were talking about the Red Sox earlier. According to the ELO score, the 1912 Red Sox were actually the statistically best, mathematically I should say, best Red Sox team, according to ELO, and they weren't even top 40. The 1912 Red Sox were the 46th highest score. So it's it's really like I, I it's what Benny and I were talking about. I kind of want to you know, ha ha, whatever, because we're both math guys. Like I sure. could prove mathematically that the thirty nine Yankees were better than twenty seven. So yeah. Is
1: there a, is there a place where you can see how the the calculation is done? Yeah, I can I can forward you that. Yeah, I. It, I mean, it sounds like a movie, uh, Goodwill Hunting, that was filmed <laughs> in Boston. Yeah, you know, the guys. Yeah, got that blackboard that's, that's like you know <laughs> a, a thousand feet long. You,
2: right. <laughs> And if uh, if anybody cares, just for for humor's sake, the mathematically, according to the Elo score, the worst team to have ever played professional baseball yeah. was the 1904 Washington Senators.
0: Really? Yeah. I wonder they, what that who was.
2: are now the Minnesota Twins. So I sorry got. to Twins fans out there. Um,
1: the Twinkies are upset now. What was the? Uh, I thought the Cleveland Spiders, like from a pure like, one <laughs> loss perspective, was the worst.
2: Like you know that 1890s might be. I mean,
1: Spiders. you figure
2: there's some teams. You know the 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 Red Stockings, the the St. Yeah. Louis Browns. There's teams that don't exist anymore that were on the metric. So, wow.
0: So I have to check that out. It's called the Elo metric system.
2: Yeah, the Elo. It's an Elo score. I'll, okay. I'll send you. I'll, I'll forward it to Benny. He can.
0: Yeah, that that's the. I'd like to take a look at that because that that to me, I just I would just love to see how they calculate all that.
1: You'll probably uh, never hear from me again, for because for the yeah. remainder of my lifetime, I'll be <laughs> hold away. Kind of doing running the numbers. It's it's funny.
2: It's funny that they were able to, to, to break it down because the first time I ever saw an ELO score yeah. was basketball. Oh, wow. And then they took it like, hey, based on basketball, we can expand these numbers to, you know, calculate football, baseball. You yep. know, I'm sure yep. they probably have soccer and, and other sports out there, too. But
0: what do you know when this uh, ELO system came out?
2: Actually I do not know when oh, I when okay. it, when it came out. I know the first time I saw it was about 10 years ago.
0: Okay. So it's it's been out for a, a few years at least. Yeah. Okay. Wow, unbelievable. Just out it's of fun.
1: curiosity then, w- were the 71 Orioles from an Elo perspective higher than the the 70?
2: Uh no, 70 was the highest uh, Elo score on um, in, in of of any Baltimore team. Because
1: 71 wow. was the year they had the 420 game winners, correct? Yes. Okay. But I, I in sure 71 you...
2: they didn't win the series. Okay. So there you go.
1: Okay. Wow. That's
2: that's I'll argue that till the day I die that the uh you know the, the 70 set because they lost that was when they got upset by the pirates. The seventy one yeah. Orioles are the best team to have never won a series.
1: Wow. And that's I mean it's gotta be the best starting four of all time. Yeah. Easily.
0: So, which one are we talking about? I'm sorry. The I'm just well, looking at 71 to, Orioles. Who, who are the 420 game winners for Baltimore?
1: Mcnally, Palmer, Quayar, and Pat
2: Dobson. Okay, yep. all right. And and good good on you, Benny. Dobson is the he's the other guy. He's the one everyone always seems to forget.
1: Yeah, and the only reason why I remember him is because he came to the Yankees after that. I think. <laughs> <There> <laughs> you know, like what was it we said a
2: couple shows ago? It's like trying to name the three tenors. You know, there everybody always gets everybody <laughs> Domingo, always gets Pavarotti right off the bat. It's, it's, it's that other guy, you know. You know, but
1: like who are uh, the uh, three
0: tenors? Hold on, Placido Domingo. Um, third one, um, Pavarotti. You yep. know who's the third one?
2: Benny.
1: I don't know. I think he was in Mister Co- Deeds.
2: Co- Co- Jose Carreras.
0: Carreras.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah, he's, Carreras. he's
2: the other guy, the one that everybody always gets Domingo and Pavarotti, and the and. It's crazy and, and
0: I went, I saw Andrea Bocelli in New York city a few years back. So I always thought maybe he was one of the three tenors, but just like, wow. Unbelievable. So real quick, let's, uh, let's talk about my beloved Red Sox again. Let's go back to 86. Yeah. For a moment. Um, what a lackluster year that was, you know, I told you the story about how I saw the Roger Clemens game, 20 strikeouts, you get a ticket, for a game later on in the season, and I get one. It's that random Saturday game against Toronto, and it's that game where they clinched the, uh, the the American League Eastern Division. And we were riding uh, that wave all the way against the Angels. And we almost didn't get to the World Series that year because uh, we were – I think they were one hour away, the Angels, and Gene Mock decided to switch pitchers. Dave Henderson gets up and hits a home run. And next thing you know, that just the wheels come falling off on the Angels. Uh, And then we go ahead and win game seven and we go on to play the Mets, you know, in the World Series. And, you know, that World Series was actually uh, a weird element to that was um, weather was a factor in that series. If you guys remember, if you if you have any uh, interest in that, the weather, what happened was, is I want to say the game that we lost with the Bill Buckner the following game was rained out. We had a, they ended up playing back to back games. It was a weird scenario um, with the with the ending of that series. And you know, we all talk about Bill Buckner. Why was he in the game? If he was hobbled by a bad foot and all that. And um, John McNamara had an interview back in 2011 where he had stated that the reason that he left Buckner in was because that was his only good first baseman. They had a backup by the name of Dave Stapleton. His nickname was called Shaky. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to put him in, in a, in a situation. I like should, when you have
1: like uh Kirk Bleffrig on the old Orioles was clank. Yeah. And then clank. you had Dick, Dick Stewart on the uh, pirates was Dr. Strange club. Yeah. When you have nicknames like that, you probably want to keep them off the field. Yeah,
0: And some of the, some of the things that I was knowing for the 86 team that I forgot. Uh, and we're, we were talking about this too. Um Reggie Jackson played for the angels. Then he was going around. He had these weird stints one year with Oakland, Two years with the Angels, and I'm watching some of these old videos. And there's Reggie Jackson striking out. He wasn't Mister October then, um, unfortunately. But um, you know, Oil Can Boyd, obviously, Clemens, Cy Young, MVP, twenty four and four, two point four eight. Um, just some of the stuff that that came out of that game was just. The hot break is the number one thing that Boston fans will always remember. I tell you what, Joe, the one one strike away. Never mind the one out away. We were one strike away, one strike away, and Bob Stanley was the pitcher, and I knew he was out of gas. Everybody did, but we were like, "You just get one more strike, and this thing's over." And it didn't happen. So you know that's that's a hot break, but it still it took. They finished. I want to say they didn't. They came in. They didn't have a great record, I don't think. I'm trying to find their record. Their record wasn't stellar in 86. No,
1: it was uh, 94. 95, 95 and 60. Not, That's not, not bad, even a wild me.
0: card nowadays. Um, you know, they were five and a half games over the Yankees, who at that time, the Yankees were kind of – they were staggering a little bit in the mid-80s, weren't they? Yes. They, they, were, they weren't doing too well. I think Detroit had a better record than them at one point. I remember that. They didn't the Tigers get were the team uh, back again. into
1: the postseason until, yeah. what, 90 90- – 95 I think.
0: Yeah. When they got Clemens. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, you know, to, to me I'm not, you know, we talk about the greatest teams. I say they're the greatest teams because I lived through it, you know, on paper statistic wise no, obviously they weren't the greatest team out there, but to to live through that to me there's that emotional element of that. I'm sure Dan Baltimore Orioles you had to witness some magic somewhere down the line with that team.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you figure they, they, they won the world series when I was very young and obviously, you know, I lived in Maryland and was yeah. at the twenty one thirty one game. I went to, you know, in the, in the nineties with, I, I mentioned him before when they brought in like Geronimo Burrow and Roberto Alomar and, and they had that run three to uh, three, was it three or four years or two of two and three years they were in the ALCS. And if it wasn't for, just as damn good as the Yankees and some of the other American league teams, the Indians, the early nineties, Indians, they would, you know, well, mid nineties, I should say 97, you know, they, they never, like they couldn't quite get over that hump. It's like the whole bit with, uh, you know, I hate, I hate to change sports, but everybody always points out the Packers, you know, they had a 20, what 24 year, 25 year run with two (laughs) of the greatest quarterbacks yeah, arguably oh, yeah. to have ever played and they only won two Super Bowls because exactly. it was just there was just so many other teams right. who, who, you know, when you look at like, you know, baseball, I mean, the how many good how many good, good American League teams were there. In the late '90s, early 2000s, when the Yankees won five World Series, was it, was it Benny? Five yeah. and seven they won, including the three yeah. in a row.
0: They were the Powerhouse, um, yeah. They were, yeah. A, you know, yeah. How
2: many? How many people just couldn't quite get over the hump because the Yankees were that much better.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was one of the things I remember in 2004. Cowboy up, cowboy up, Zimmer down. <laughs> when Pedro tossed Don Zimmer off to the side there, yeah, yeah. And,
2: and then of course, I, I, what was it? 90? Was it 99, Benny? The Subway Series.
0: Yeah. They played the Mets. What, was was that I think it was 2000, wasn't yeah, it? 2000. Yeah, Piazza, it Piazza got beaned by Clemens, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that. Remember that? I remember that. Yep. Oh, well, I don't
2: know. You are not going to top Clemens throwing the bat back at him think, saying he thought it was the ball. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, That was that was a great series. Um who the Yankees end up winning that series, right? Did oh, yeah. They did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was did. part of their yeah.
2: 3 Pete.
0: Yep, the three that's right. So, yeah, so they were they were dominant at that time. But, you know, does free agency play a role in all this after that? Because you don't see these dominating teams anymore like we used to see. Like, are you ever going to get a, a, you know, a thirty nine Yankees team
1: again or a twenty seven murderers row Yankees team ever again? Well, I mean, the the thirty nine Yankees, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was they that was their fourth of four uh, uh, championships. And then from forty nine to fifty-three, which was uh Casey Stengel's uh first five years as right. manager of the Yankees. They yep. they won the, the world championship five years in a row. Wow. I, I don't think we'll I don't think we'll ever see that again. I mean, first of all, you have you know, you have all the levels of playoff that you didn't have back then. All you all you had to do is win the you know, when you're uh you know, the AL or the NL, you're in the World right. Series and you gotta yep. win four games. Now you gotta win what, like eleven. Yep.
0: My my yeah. thing is can you imagine having 4 20 game winners on one team nowadays? Yeah, that'll
1: never happen again.
0: I mean, I don't think there's a payroll big enough for that. Unless yeah, it's it, something very it's, obscure.
2: It's not even it's not even that you're you're going to be hard-pressed to get two 20 game winners just because of how how often starters, you know, I mean with bullpen True. games and yeah. starters getting pulled in the fourth or fifth inning when the game's tied, you know. Well, I mean, what are they think, getting?
1: 32 starts with, now, Dan? What's that? Are they yeah. getting 32 starts a year? <laughs> Give or take, yeah. Yes. I mean you only have 32 possible decisions in you
2: know right. But I mean you figure how many when you go back to like the four the, the four or third uh 20 game winners, you know, it takes like a Jim Palmer or somebody like that. How many of those games was was the game tied in the sixth or seventh inning? Right. Yeah. And, and and he stayed on to pitch the ending. Now fourth or fifth inning games tied, your starter's coming out. Yeah, so I that's was a saying, win that he could have had if he had stayed in. That's That's gone. You're never going to get, you, you, I doubt you'll see that many 25, 20, 25 game winners again. You know, uh, that would be a very interesting
1: team. metric, though. If you looked at the, like, say, in the 60s and the 70s, the percentages, the percentage of decisions uh, as a percentage of starts right. to, uh, right. to now, I, I would think that had a significantly drop. I, I Big would time. Say, it, yeah. You know, they were getting 40 starts a year. And if they were throwing 25 complete games, you know, now, you know, you already have 25 decisions, win or lost. And, you know, out of those 15, say you got another seven, right now you have 32 decisions. Now you're only getting 32 starts.
0: I, well, th- I, I think money plays they, a huge factor in all this because everyone's trying to protect their investment. So like Dan, you're saying they're only going five or six innings. Right. Well, before, I mean t- we, we would talk about pitch count. I mean, we don't even yeah. talk about pitch count anymore. It's an going by innings, right? But I mean, to to
2: give you an idea, um, you know, like like, uh, cellular had in nineteen seventy, he had twenty one complete games. Wow! Right? Th- this year, this season that just ended a few months ago, yeah. the league leader in complete games was uh, Jordan Lyles in Kansas City with three. Wow!
0: Three complete so, games. Three,
2: Unreal. and he led he led the American League in complete games. So, you know, if, if you're not throwing, I'm not saying you got to throw 21 complete games to get right. 20 wins, but how, like I said, how many of those games and pitch, you know, are you seeing starters pulled in the fourth or fifth inning? Right. No decisions, you know? Yeah. That's why it breaks my heart when, when, you know, one of the saddest stats in baseball history is that Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young because Cy Young voters have always favored winning records and he spent. Sure. 70% of his career on losing teams, yeah. wow. you know, you're, you're, you're leading the league in strikeouts. Your, your ERA is near the top. You're the most yep. dominant pitcher and you yeah, have you know, 17, no decisions that year. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're four, you're four and 11 as a starter. Like you got worse run support in the majors. Like you're never going to get it. Yeah. You know? that,
0: yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think we'll ever see that. That'd be amazing if we did though, on a but, random win mean, you, I mean,
2: you think about it, you have to go back. To to 2011 with James Shields in Tampa Bay, yeah. You have you find a pitcher with double digit complete games again?
0: Unbelievable. And, he, and
2: his was only eleven. Like, but then, like Benny was saying, you go you not that far back. Go back to the 70s and 80s, and you look at you know I'll throw a few random numbers out there. Danny McLean, 1968, 28 complete games. You know, Juan wow. Marshall, 30 complete games. Fergie Jennings, 1971, 30 complete games. I, I think
1: the current career, like for active players, the current career leader, I think, is Adam Wainwright of the Cardinals. And I think he has okay. like 26 in his whole like 19 year career. These guys are doing that every season. Yeah, that's crazy. And I wonder though, like, and, and the, for the most part, I mean, like Siever, uh, you know, Bob Gibson, all those guys, Marischal, right? They went season after season. Ryan never had an arm injury, yet these guys, like Otani now is what on the second. Tommy John, Jacob Degrom, who's the uh, the poster boy for Vagisil. He's on his second. I mean, (laughs) what? what, What's and if anything, the the, you know the nutritional science is much better now. Conditioning is like light years better. Yeah. What's what's the difference?
0: I think I think to me, I think the pitchers back then. You talk about the Sievers and all those guys. They had a variety of pitches to choose from. Now I think it's one or two. It's fastball. And you don't see that illustrious curveball anymore. It's it's
2: also it's also you look at like as an Orioles fan, watching, you know, the Mountains having Tommy John surgery and they don't expect him to play at all next year. Yeah, you know, he's a closer. Maybe he plays three, three, you know, on a bad time. You might keep him in for four for four or five outs, but usually he's only in for one inning. Yeah, but he's throwing hundred plus mile an hour fastballs, or he's got that ridiculous breaker, you know. That's it. Like you, you get closers having it's Tommy John surgery because yeah. they throw the fastball or they've got a sinker. Right. Or you've got maybe I mean, honestly, there's a couple closers out there that don't have a dominant fastball. No. They'll just kill you with a sinker or a curve or something. But you throw the same pitch. You know, it it wouldn't take much. Like you said, you know, 70 Orioles between the four 20 game winners. You got 25 different pitches. I mean, sure. Jim Palmer threw yeah. everything. Yeah, right. He had a sinker. He had a slider. He had a curve. He had a change. You know, you saw slurves, You saw, uh, you know, different and they stuff didn't. Back they then. didn't have
0: pinch. They didn't have pitch counts back then either. Right. You no, know, they would come out. How are you feeling? Oh, I can go another inning. Well,
1: okay.
2: Yeah. I, I got. Yeah, the, our arm is literally duct taped yeah, on. Yeah. Like I got
1: this, boss. The, <laughs> the best. The best I mean, one was uh, Tim McCarver when he'd go out to the mound, and Bob Gibson would say. The only thing you know about hitting is you're not very good at it. Like get the <laughs> hell out of here.
2: The, I will say though, you you talk about uh to combine both of them, complete games and records. You want to talk about a record that'll never ever get broken again? Cy yeah. Young has the record. He pitched 749 complete games in his career. Oh wow. my
0: god, that's like yeah. that's that's insane. Yeah, that is, I mean. And then, and then Benny, going back to what you said, does that have something to do with nutrition and the foods they ate back then? Because there were not many processed foods back in those days as there are now.
1: But we you know, know so I mean? much more about nutrition. You know, like these guys are taking supplements and things like that, which, you know, they, they never took back then. I honestly think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, back when we were kids, when I was a kid, uh, we weren't allowed to throw a curveball because, you know, the coach would say it's going to damage your arm. Exactly. I I yeah. You know, 11, 12 year old kids now. They're they're throwing curveballs and they're just set. They're setting themselves up for failure in the future. Yeah, right. well, that's, look that's at how my many. Opinion.
2: I mean, I don't know if you all follow like college, really, you know, or minor leagues. You got you know 18-, 19 year old kids in the in the minor leagues or in college having Tommy John surgery. Because, yeah. but you know, they're like you like Benny said, they're you know nineteen years old and they've thrown ten thousand curveballs in their life.
0: But but Tommy's John surgery nowadays is nothing compared to what it was career ending back in the day.
2: It was, but you even know? so, I mean, you know, you'll never rebuild it to to what it was. No, no. You know, you, when you when you have guys like like Benny said, you got guys three four deep, you know, multiple surgeries on their elbow or their shoulder. By the time yeah. you're 25, it hurts to reach for the milk, like right. You know, but I think too, uh, you'd never want to accuse people of anything they haven't been uh convicted of uh, except barry bonds i don't care how many negative tests he's had that man was juiced out of his mind but um one of the major side effects of most performance enhancing supplements and and drugs is is wear and tear on soft tissue oh you might have larger muscles but your joints tendons yeah uh, and nerve endings in and around joints are predominantly more injury prone
0: well uh, Um, I, i can attest to that because that'll go back to the infamous nomar Garcia para appearing on the cover of sports illustrated looked like he just stepped out of a a bodybuilding contest and it was shortly thereafter. He had a wrist injury that he couldn't, he couldn't shake. Yeah. And they attributed that to his demise because he couldn't do all the stuff he was taking, which he knew he was taking something. He couldn't get over that wrist injury. And that's what really ultimately ended his career. And it's like, what happened? Like he was in his heyday. And here he is, the poster boy for Sports Illustrated. And, you know, he's, you know, marrying me and him and all that stuff and, you know, yeah. living their big life and boom. So, yeah, it definitely the uh, steroids Walt, and everything that
2: Benny, but, Benny, Benny and I are both wrestling guys. Uh, remember the Royal Rumble, not what, 15 years ago, Vince McMahon comes out.
0: Oh, uh God. to
2: because they, they apparently bought well they say they botched it but you know that's up yeah. for debate whether or not that's scripted but you know he he steps into the ring to yell at Batista and John Cena tears both his quads not yeah. 6 months before he was yeah. on the cover of of Men's Fitness yeah. jacked out of his mind look at me at 60 i'm so yeah. in you know
0: yeah they, well, they, they, there's you know obviously the steroid era in wrestling i mean it did obviously shortened a lot of careers as well as lives yeah, a lot of lives um, <laughs> a lot of lives and I, I, that takes me back, you know, not to switch gears with wrestling, but it takes me back to that gym in, uh, where was it, Tampa or whatever, where it was Road Warrior Animal and uh, Mr. Perfect. They all worked out at the same gym, and they were getting the same juice from the mm-hmm. same guy, and they all died, Bulldog, everybody. Yeah, Bulldog. So uh, they were all working out this one gym, yeah. and like, well, the, If you
2: remember the the same the same doctor that, that was caught up after the Chris Benoit incident. Oh, yeah, yeah. He killed yeah. himself and his family. That same doctor had prescribed drugs to numerous people that had either died or were dead within a year or two. And then others like William Regal and people like that that ended up having to go to rehab because it's like, oh, shit, you know, you're getting six month, six month steroid prescriptions every couple
0: weeks. Like there's clearly something wrong with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at Vince McMahon. I think he was on something as well. well. I look at his transformation. And have you seen him lately? Yeah at UFC and all that those videos called, you know, he looks like he's and old all. and decrepit like I, and he is deteriorating and I'll, and I'll say
2: coach. it I'll say it about Maguire and yep. um Barry Bonds is obviously the biggest example Oh
0: Barry Bonds no, no one yeah.
2: period I don't care how many positive tests you have Canseco said it in his book you know who would have thought he'd end up being the bastion of common sense in baseball but right, yeah. <laughs> when <laughs> no one puts on Twenty plus pounds of muscle in one off season after no the way. age of thirty without no chemical help—it does not happen. Well, how
1: does your head size and your shoe size grow right. in yeah. your late thirties? So, like, yeah, you know, I know. At, least,
2: at least Maguire just got naturally bigger. Barry Bonds had to get a bigger batting helmet three of his last five years. Like, yeah, right. you, yeah I,
0: you see those body transformations? You're like, nah, no yeah, way. Look, look, no go
2: way. go find a ca- a, a trading card of Barry Bonds on the Pirates or Young oh my Sammy God. Sosa.
0: Does that you know, picture yeah.
2: Sammy Sosa back when he used to be back when he used to be black? You yeah. know, um, <laughs> have you seen him recently?
0: No, I haven't. He,
2: he, he's got I mean, I, I understand he claims it's medical, but so did Michael Jackson. But he's got yeah. that transformation going for him. At oh, least he learned wow. English now. Remember, he, he forgot how to speak exactly, English man. when he was before Congress.
1: But he but, was right. uh, he was uh before he went with the when he was at the White Sox, he was like a 12. 12- Homer year guy. Yeah. All of a sudden now he's hitting, you know, 65. Then he, then he came to Baltimore and got caught using cork bats. Yeah. But my,
0: my biggest question in regards to steroids with baseball players is they have a God given talent. I mean, obviously hitting a ninety five hundred mile an hour fastball is a God given talent. You can't teach someone to do that. And do steroids improve your vision with that? I understand the power aspect of it and all, right? But does it really improve your vision where, you could hit more home runs or drive in more runs. Yeah, that was that's always you always hear that defense
2: when they talk about Barry Bonds and stuff like that. Yeah, steroids is not a magic pill. I right. can't like someone like me, you know, I can't take steroids and then go hit 50 home runs. You <laughs> steroids build on something natural. I mean, you look at guys like like Jay Cutler when he was you know, really changed the game in the Mr. Universe competitions, <laughs> Ray Coleman and and now Big Ramey and those guys, right? Um, you know, they they'll tell you you still putting 10 hours a day plus in the gym you're still at that you still have to have that barry bonds mark mcguire these you know uh uh, who is it to shara um you have to you have to have that hand eye steroids won't give you that hand eye coordination it will do however it will increase your bat speed just because of the strength of your arms and it will increase power steroids makes a flaw a a, a a pop fly to the outfield a home run. Yeah. You still have right. to hit the ball, right. But you're hitting a home run or you're hitting it harder to where it's farther out and it's going over the left field, left fielder's head instead of being caught. So yes, to say you take steroids and poof, you're instantly better. If that was the case, everybody be hitting 70 boring. home runs. That's, a, year. that's, no, a, that's, that's a great
1: you know you got a guy like Sosa, you got a guy like Palmero who were fairly good contact hitters who hit yeah. you know not a great average but hit for a decent average. Now a lot of these fly balls to the outfield, they're translating right. the home runs. That's why I think if like a Dave Kingman uh, ever took steroids, so right. and he'd still strike out 900 times a year. Right. But, then the, you know, the, the the 40 home runs he hit, instead of going 800 feet, you know, when he hit 850, I don't think it would have changed him. Right. Somebody, you know, somebody – right. Boggs one year, didn't he hit like 26 no, I, home runs where I he never hit anything close to that? It,
2: if yeah. we can, if we can kind of circle back to what we what we started with talking about with the best teams ever, right. that's something that's also gets lost in history when you look at you know any really, especially dead ball era, but any team yeah. before the 1930s when they started really redesigning ballparks, right. you know, it didn't take much. Boston, great example. The yep. center field wall at the old Boston ballpark was almost 600 feet. Yeah, you know, from insane. from home plate, you're, you're yeah. not going to hit a home run. You go, right. Yeah, it, it, it was insane. Uh, uh cartoon, it, cartoon Casey at the bat's not hitting a home run in that stadium.
0: Well, you could you could fast forward now to Yankee Stadium and and what is it? Right field is like it, it's ridiculous. It's what three oh two or something like straight. Well, the, it's
2: ba- it's it, it's ridiculous. Baltimore is a great example. This is the first season with the new Camden Yards layout where they they pushed the right field wall back and raised it. Uh, kind oh, of creating okay, like yeah. a mini mini monster and they took yeah. some seats out but they added a bleacher section and home runs in the right field section of camden yards plummeted from yeah. the, the the last 10-year average yeah. because all of a sudden you're that extra th- now it's not much but you had right. an extra you know you, how many how many highlights have you guys seen where the 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 um, you know, the outfielders jumping and just catching the ball at the, at the wall, like just yep. robbing the home run. If exactly. that wall is 10 feet further back, he doesn't have to do that.
0: Right, exactly. You,
2: know, you put the ball 30 feet back. You're taking 25, 30 home runs a year. Poof gone. Yeah.
0: You're you know? making, hi- you're making highlight reels now. E- that's, exactly. that's what's happening. And, you know, obviously offense, Creates and wins or runs, but it also puts butts in seats. It's, they want to see the home run. They want to see all that stuff. So,
2: and it's also, uh, you know, the the idea of switch hitting.
0: You know, yeah.
2: how many? What? What? There's only the sing. You can count on one hand the number of permanent switch hitters in the leagues now. It's you crazy. know, so. Yeah. Uh, and given that ha- only a small percentage of the population is left-handed, you want that right field wall further back. Exactly. You, know, you want you want to make it harder for people batting, especially pitchers, the right on right matchup. Yeah. You know, um, you, you want to make that harder. I get it. I do. It's that's that that's one of the things that often gets lost in history with some of these teams in in the in the twenties. I mean, granted, the Yankees probably not so much because they had the money, but some of the smaller market teams might play an entire ball game with four baseballs. Yeah. Whereas right. the same, yeah. the same, you know, the Yankees up the street or use 50, of course you're yeah. going to get better hitting exactly. when you've got fresher baseballs, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah. That, that, that takes me back to the home run years with McGuire and Sosa and all that, you know, they tried to get off the steroid thing, but they were saying, Oh, the balls were juiced now. You know, something's wrong with the baseballs. Like, really? Okay, let's. You know, and next you know, they're appearing before Congress, lying their asses off.
2: I would, you know, and it's funny. uh, The the history major in me that year, Congress spent more time uh, in session on baseball than they did on healthcare. Uh, Was it healthcare, Medicaid, and Social Security combined? So,
0: and what was the reasoning all behind that? The idea
2: was, is at the time, it's the same thing with the NFL. When, when they got involved with the Redskins was yeah. uh, uh, baseball had tax breaks. So if you're a corrupt organization that's getting uh, tax money, yeah. the, the IRS has to get in, and therefore the government has to get involved to make sure you're clean. Plus, you know, you, you want to with the president council on fitness and all that shit, you don't want America's pastime to be crooked and drug filled.
0: The American Council on Fitness.
2: <laughs> yeah, remember when when, when I, Reagan I remember brought that. out Arnold Schwarzenegger? Come on, yeah, kids. I remember that. You know, oh, yeah. I, look at me. I'm all natural. Take yeah. uh, Hulk Kogan, You know, Are take you your vitamins and drink all some juice, and My drink ass. Like me.
0: <laughs> no way was he all natural. Those guys were on something. I mean, that was just everywhere. Venice Beach. All those guys. Right. Well,
2: that's why I said I, I grew up. You know, take take your take your vitamins, say your prayers, and train hard. We just didn't know know
0: what vitamins they were talking about.
2: (laughs) What was it Jesse Ventura said once in an interview? I'd hear Hogan say, "Take your vitamins," and my first question is, "Or uh, the oral or injectable
0: ones?" Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and Jesse's a a a prime example because the steroids did him.